TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Ground ball to shortstop. The throw is to second. And again, the ball sails past LaGrange into right field. This is the hot corner. The runners will score, and a cascade of boos rain down from the stands as clearly the fans' sympathy for this scrappy little no-arm man has run out. With Patrick Harris. Now, granted, the throw was a little wide, but you got to believe that a two-arm player would have made the catch. In fact, a one-arm player would have at least had a shot at it, which calls to mind the question once again, why, with all the two-armed youngsters waiting in the minor leagues, does this team stick with an armless second baseman? On 1080. And he hasn't had a hit in ever. In ever, Jerry. In ever. The Fan. Welcome into the hot corner for a must be a Wednesday, but it's always a Wednesday around here, baby. We are live from the shadows of the Fremont Bridge, Portland Sports Leader 1080, the fan. I'm Patrick Harris, joined by my fantastic producer, Mr. Joseph Fisher III. Joe, how are you, buddy? What's up? How's it going? Oh, things are okay. Things are okay. That sounded like an aggressive okay. Uh, I had a little rough day at work today. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, nothing too terrible. Just uh, kind of a mind F, if you know what I mean. And it kind of kind of took a lot out of me. Like, I don't... Honey, can you stop? I haven't even got my martini yet. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't feel great. So let's uh, let, let's hope we just power through this and, and have some fun. Well, huh? let's not. How about we relish in these two hours? I mean, this is, uh, this is cathartic, you know, when you uh, get to be, and I probably used that word wrong, but you uh, get to be able to do this. After a rough day, and it feels good. It feels good, you know. It is kind of nice. Back, so it's it's funny. Back in the day when I was like first doing this, I, I want to say like the first year we did this, it was like, oh man, this is so cool. It's so exciting. I'm on the radio talking about baseball. And then like years two and three, I was like, oh my god, I got to go down there. I really don't want to do this right now. But then you get here and you're like, oh okay, I'm having a good time. Cathartic, providing psychological psychological relief yeah, through but, the open expression of strong emotions. I think that would count. I think I use that correctly. Yeah, but for some time it was kind of like it, it – it, I, I don't want to say it felt like a burden, but it was like an obligation. You're just like, man, I just got done with work all day. Or, or for a long time, Wednesday was my day off. And it was like, man, today's my day off. I got to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to do this. But, again, you step in and then you start going and then you have a great time. And, and and everything's fine. You know, we've been doing this show together since 2015, mid-2015. Yeah. At least I've been on this show since then. Um, I can't tell you the different schedules and things I've done on Wednesdays. I feel like I've had days that I have worked, that I worked up until 7 o'clock, and then I 
We're 6 o'clock, and we're right, right to the studio. I mean, Wednesdays, the, the last seven years, man, what a blur. I know, and it's always Wednesday. <laughs> I think that's where it must be a Wednesday came yes. from. Yes. That it's just like, oh, yeah, of course it's Wednesday. It's always Wednesday. It's like uh, uh, the definition of insanity, you know, trying to do the same thing. And expect different results. And expect different results. Yeah. What are we doing? Do we uh, do we just go home? Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, right. I'm turning off. So I always like to say, so if I get fired today, does that mean I get to go home? Uh, like, would you want to work the rest of your shift? Of, Is of, that what you're implying? No, of course not. It's hey, like, boss, I know you can me, but. Let me finish out the day for you guys. No, it, let me it, see if I can change your mind. It's like it's like when you're a really good employee, and there's no reason to fire you, but you're just kind of like, if the boss were to come to me right now and fire me, that means I get to go home, right? I oh. guess uh, I guess I'm down. You know what a real uh, D move is? Firing someone at the end of their shift. I think that's rough. That is that's brutal. I think that's super rough. That's I, sick, twisted, and evil. I've seen I've seen some brutal firings in my day. Um, one time there was an employee that was going to be let go, and they very much deserved to be let go. And uh, the boss, who was my boss, but I was also a, a manager, uh, was trying to get ahead of things and knew we were going into the weekend, and they needed their shifts covered. So they went into the app and reshuffled the schedule all around and this person who was getting fired the next morning got a notification that they didn't have any shifts anymore and they did not come in and get fired because they said i am not walking into a place where i know i'm getting fired that is brutal i also know another person may or may not have been me that got their last paycheck the day before they got fired <laughs> You're like this is early and you like walk in and they're like so we're letting you go and i'm like yeah yeah i i i know that this also seems to have a uh, last uh, check date on it <laughs> and the end of the hire date the the, the 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 pay period ended yesterday and i'm getting a paycheck for the pay period in two weeks yeah, permanent pay period ending <laughs> that's weird yeah it's tough although i will always say this um as as somebody who has hired and fired uh it is it is a i would rather it, honestly, it is easier to fire than hire. Easier to fire than hire? Yep. I mean, the conversation itself is well, not pleasant. Well, fire is just pull the Band-Aid <clears throat> off, right? Yeah, the firing is not a pleasant conversation. You know, I, I definitely don't get off on, like, making someone feel bad, for sure. But at that point, you've probably given them chances. You've tried to, to do things, and you kind of know it doesn't work out anymore. But when you're hiring... <clears throat> The resume clearly states that they're qualified to work here. So now you're just trying to have a conversation to see, hey, do they fit in with culture? You know, are they communicative, et cetera, et cetera? You know, is this going to be a good fit? And then you take that leap of faith. Oh, but, by the way, I can <clears throat> only work Tuesdays from 2 to 4, and then I can, and that's 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Thursdays, <clears throat> uh, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., and Fridays, uh, all day. Wait, no. Fridays, I'm no good. Yep, there you go. Yes, yeah, so when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, that's easy. But then you talk to somebody, and you're like, hey, this person, I really like this person. This, this, this is going to be great. And then two weeks in, you're like, oh, God, what a disaster. They're mean to everybody. They think they're better than everybody or whatever. I would, I would much rather fire than hire, as terrible as that sounds. I get what you're saying. Although, although as, a, as a manager, 
when you do have to fire somebody, it is it is a little defeating because in theory, as a manager, you should be using all your tools to make this person better. And if they're struggling, then it's on you to get them up to speed and make them better. And if you can't do that, then that might be a reflection on you, to be honest. Well, you know what? Sometimes, Patrick, you just got to let them go. You just got to say they're a lost cause and you couldn't do anything to help them. Just let them go and fly away. That's their fault. You did what you could. Like the White Sox did to Frank Thomas in 2005. Hey, we're going to the World Series. You're not coming. You just stay behind, Frank. I know you're like one of the greatest White Sox of all time, but we're just... We don't need this S around here. We're good. We're good. Those guys are getting a new manager. Yeah, I saw that. Somebody I've never heard of. Likewise. Um, Well, hell, we didn't even know who Rob Thomas was until a week ago. His name is Rob Thompson. I know, that's the point. Um, But he is smooth. I do wish it really was the... uh, Lead singer, lead singer of Matchbox of 20. Matchbox 20. Yes. And every time he gives a lineup card, there's Carlos Santana playing the riff. <laughs> God, please. Please tell me we have that in our system to come back to. Is Major League Baseball the one sport that has the most head coaches slash managers that you've never heard of? Well, yeah. I mean, you I can easily so. say hockey, but hockey, hockey fans know. Well, out of people. the big three. Hockey fans yeah. know those people. Yeah, I would say out of the big three, definitely. There is always that great moment in college football when someone's like, hey, this place hired a new coach, and it is a slam dunk hire. And you're like, oh, who'd they get? They get, like, Urban Meyer? Like, what's going on over there? And they're like, Johnny Two-Step. And you're like, I've, I've, I've never heard of this guy. He was the offensive coordinator at Coastal Carolina, bright, young, rising star. Hey, man, Johnny Two-Step, he's got a great playbook, okay? Don't count him out. He does sound like a second baseman in, like, 1910. Old Johnny Two step up at the plate, and that's a four-bagger. Well, again, Rob Thomas, he was in Matchbox 20, and he was the third base coach for the Yankees for the longest time. No one knew that. I mean, he was just able to do both without anybody realizing. <laughs> it's amazing. You want to talk about not somebody getting hired, you have no idea who he is, and you're like, wait a second. Then you start connecting the dots. Wait a second. I've never seen you two in the same place. <laughs> that's how I feel about Michael and Janet Jackson. And don't talk to me about that screen music video. The technology was fa- was far enough that they could have done that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oakley Dougley, well, we got a show tonight lined up for you. It's World Series talk, plus we'll look around the rest of the league if there's anything else worth chatting about, and we might mess around and talk about some other sports too. The Blazers are on. This World Series game is about over. It is top nine. One out, runner on first. Houston's up 5-0. They will go to the bottom of the ninth to see if the Phillies can't make this a game. So there's a lot to get to, and we'll do all of that next. This is the Hot Corner, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 the. The Hot Corner on 1080 the fan. Day 15 here. It is, like I said, top of the ninth. Two outs. Houston's up 5-0. Houston actually has a no-hitter going in this game. Christian Vasquez was absolutely lights out, but his pitch count was a little high, so they pulled him. Um, and this Houston bullpen is fully rested, and this looks chalk it up. Uh, we're going minimum six in this World Series. It's now a best of three coming out of this. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Joe, I, after... You know, we chatted last week, and going through this, it was kind of like, 
Philly could get hot. They're the hot team, but Houston's kind of rolling. You know, a lot of I think we both pick Houston in five. Just uh, hoping went, it would go five. I went Houston in six. Ah, ah, yeah. So unfortunately, they'd have to win out, <laughs> which they could do. Yes, very well could do, but that would suck if Philly uh, got a two-one lead and then they proceeded to blow it and lose three straight. But there's been the Houston, right? But this this World Series. I don't know. I mean, we talked about it, and it was kind of like, this is how Philly has a chance. You know, they got to play with emotion. The bat's got to be good. But it seemed like a little bit of a stretch. And in game one, they delivered. And it was kind of like, whoa, this Philly team is hitting bombs. Game three, Bryce Harper in the first inning, that game was over. That game was over before that pitch left that pitcher's hand. Before Lance McCullers threw that ball, that game was over. Bryce Harper hit that ball so hard. And so far, the camera was shaking. Did you catch that, Joe? I did. I did. That was uh, quite the scene. That I mean, first pitch, right? I mean, man, that that's an all-timer if the Phillies can pull it off. If the Phillies can pull it off. And that's the thing. Like, Philly pitching has been pretty solid. You know, the bullpen has been really, really good outside of tonight. I mean, the bullpen walked into a bad situation. Bases were loaded with no outs. It, that... That, that, that's a tough jam to get out of. But the Phillies' bullpen has been really, really stinking good. And they're mashing home runs when they need to. But that's that's what concerns me. So it becomes fun baseball at that point because, you know, chicks dig the long ball and such. But if Schwarber, Rilamuto, and Harper aren't hitting bombs and getting support from from Hoskins and Bohm and Segura and, all, and, and a lot of those other cats, like, this team gets a little quiet, and we're seeing that we're seeing that tonight. And so, as as electric as the atmosphere in Philly is, I think getting through Game Four, and now we're sitting in a best of three series. I mean, the Game Five is in Philly tomorrow. So, in in theory, if you win that first game, I mean, you're only one win away from the World Series. I mean, that's not in theory; that's fact. But you're going back to Houston, and and. I think Houston learned a giant thing tonight that if you can stay away from the long ball, which Vasquez, which which Javier did, you've got a real, real serious shot at this because the sexy time might be over. And well, we're seeing that tonight. Well, what what's amazing about baseball, man? Literally last night, jacking home runs left and right, the Phillies are. I mean, back-to-back home runs. It was, you get a home run, you get a home run. And then tonight you're getting no hit. I mean, isn't isn't that just baseball? Isn't that in a in a T right there? But and that's been this whole series is one night one you've got it. One night you've got it. I mean, the Astros in game one, you take a five of nothing lead. And then the Phillies here, you have five runs back. But you're absolutely right that man, it's just whoever's got the hot pitching, which right now the Astros, you do this to the Phillies. It's not like you won, you know, seven three and you gave up you blanked them. You know that they're vulnerable. And, yeah, you might have just figured out the winning recipe in tonight's game. Um, you know, it helps that Aaron Nola hasn't really been very, he hasn't been very good the last few starts for the Phillies. Right. But this, uh, this changes things dramatically because the Phillies' momentum going into this game was really good. But this is, again, the complete polar opposite. And this is not what you needed as a team 
I mean, you needed to come in tonight at least with the bats still firing, right, to give yourself that chance in tomorrow night's game. That's your last home game of the year, right? Last chance to really make a stand. And you got to go and win it now, because and you got to go put up runs because the confidence in that uh, that dugout right now it can't be high after you. Uh, I mean, what three outs away now from being no hit, being no hit in the World Series? Exactly. In the, I mean, in the biggest <laughs> state, in the big, and again, it's just like last night. You guys were just crushing it, and this kid comes in, uh, Javier, and he just man, it's like who? And I got some uh, stats on him. I got to find it uh, for you in a second. I just had it pulled up, but. Uh, talk about a crazy season for him and uh, coming up big in the biggest stage. Well, I and and I've been fairly critical of this. I mean, we know over the last, you know, seven, eight years, the analytics are coming through and people want to talk about how a strikeout and a single are kind of the same thing. And I never bought that. But people started looking at launch angle and things like that and understanding, you know, how often does that runner who hits the single or, or that, that batter who hits the single is really impacting the game. And so they try to give you this rhetoric like, swing, swing away. But let me ask you, since that kind of came around, maybe let's let's say since 2015, the winner of the World Series in 2015, is the Royals. You go Royals, Cubs, Astros. What are we looking at? Astros, Red Sox, Nationals, Dodgers, Braves. And then here we are. None of those... None of those teams that won, won by just mashing the baseball. They won by what Houston was doing tonight. And I want to get, we'll get, we'll get to that too later. But like, you're sitting up here and Kyle Schwarber's had really good at bats. You know, Bryce Harper's had really good at bats. Bryce is the, if the Phillies win, Bryce is your MVP right now. But I'm also watching them completely swing at pitches and getting blown away by stuff. And, I I still think to this day, you know, we we always talked about it in, you know, in basketball and in football that defense wins championships. And I know it's weird to think of a of, of a pitcher as defense, but that's what it is. I mean, he's trying the pitcher's trying to make sure you can't hit. And that that fact, that thought is still so tried and true in this game that you can't expect both teams that are in the World Series have at least above average pitching. And you can't tell me that hitting bombs is gonna is gonna get you there. Now I got the Phillies here. We're in Game Five tomorrow, and it's a brand new series. It got you here, but can it take you across the finish line? And I, I just don't know if it can. Well, I am curious, sir. Um, who do the Astros have going tomorrow night? I mean, the nice thing is for both teams is that they got the extra day rest with the rain mm-hmm. delay, right? Mm-hmm. It was so, huge for everyone. So do we have Verlander? It Ver- says Verlander, Verlander tomorrow. Verlander is Game Five tomorrow. Um, they are going to throw Syndergaard tomorrow and pray to sweet, tiny, infant baby Jesus that he doesn't just that get, he can go three, <laughs> maybe four innings, him. and they'll go straight to the bullpen. Oh boy, yeah, seeing that. I mean, does Verlander do it twice? Does he does he give up two or does he have two bad performances in the World Series? I mean, it'd be it'd be par for the course, would it not? Oh, I saw his stat. They showed a graphic before the game of his World Series stats. I think it was 0 for 5 with a plus 5, 8 ERA. Yep. And then, of course, what happened in game one. So And in um, game one, he looked pretty good, and then the wheels completely fell off. And it, but So it's going to happen twice. I mean, it, do you th- – I want to see also in Justin Verlander's career in those post uh, – or those pre-World Series starts, the ones that he's had, has he ever had 
um, a World Series where he started twice, where he got the two starts, and did he not show up twice? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he was in the World Series, I think, believe his first World Series, I think was it's the 2010. Tigers. Yeah, they're on the Tigers. They lose to the Giants. I think they lost to the Giants' first one. Gotcha. Um, and, yeah, then, um, and then this is his fourth with the Astros. Boys, get to it. Research team, go. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're working. They'll get it for you. And this time. is his fourth with the Astros. So this is his fifth World Series. I mean, he might be 0-5, but that doesn't count any no decisions. And, I mean, right. he could give up four runs, but if you score four runs and you pull them, that's a no decision. So Detroit, his uh, first year in the World Series, that was actually 2006 at, uh, against St. Louis. Oh, that's right, and he's a kid. Yes, yes. And that one, he did start twice, game one and game five. Gave up six runs in his first start ever in the World Series. In the second start, uh, he did give up only one earned, struck out only four, but walked three um, in a four to two loss for the Tigers. That's um, not that bad though. No, and then other World Series, uh when he was at Detroit against San Francisco, got blown up in uh game one against them. Was that twenty ten? That was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. And the and, Giants won three, so it's yes. hard to keep up sometimes. And then after that was twenty seventeen. Uh with the Astros he found himself in game two and game six where he gave up only Three runs and then two runs. In game six, he gave up two runs and nine strikeouts. Um, but they cheated, so <laughs> null and void. Null and void. And uh, World Series in 2019, um, again, a four-earned, three-earned performance. So he's just been, if he's not getting blown up, he's just been mediocre. He hasn't really had any dominating performances in the World Series. I'm looking at, you know, nine strikeouts is the most he's had in a World Series. Um, yeah, man, it's... It's crazy. It, it, Clayton Kershaw certainly takes a lot of smoke for uh, sucking in the World Series in the postseason. Uh, I feel like Justin Verlander should be getting just as much. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. And <clears throat> I thought if there was any year that he was going to be great in the postseason, it'd be this year. He's winning a Cy Young. He's going to win the American League Cy Young. And coming down the stretch, he is being he, – he was on the DL for a little bit. He was on the DL throughout the entire All-Star break. So he didn't, he didn't play in the All-Star break. He missed a start before the break and a start after the break. Then he was dominant, and then they kind of shut him down at the end of the year to make sure he's rest because, I mean, he's older than me, you know? And so, like, the, 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 the guy's only got so much left in the arm. So I thought, if anything, he was going to be extremely well-rested and come in and look good, and he just hasn't looked good. And that's what's been so interesting and so polarizing about this. I, I think this World Series has been pretty good. I wouldn't say great. I think it's been pretty good. I think it's been exciting. Um, but that's that's one of those weird things. If if he's not going, then you're kind of like, well, may, you know, the Astros they they might be in a, they might be in big trouble if Verlander's not going. No, let me introduce you to a man named Framber Valdez. Let me introduce you to a man named Christian Javier. Like things are okay if you're Houston, yes. and it, and if you're Philly, I. I'll bet you Philly Radio tomorrow is going to be in crisis mode. Oh, they're I, going to be like Georgia Radio <laughs> yeah. today talking about why they're not number one. Yeah, exactly. It's sound the alarms because you just went from mashing to not hitting the ball. Literally not hitting the ball. You yeah. did not get on base. You're you are, two outs away. Yes, exactly. And Houston's closer is on the mound. So you, 
again, the confidence has completely gone and shifted. And as far as this World Series being good, eh. I mean, the first one was the first game was good because of again going up five nothing, getting the five runs back, and then you win six five, right? The one mm-hmm. run, run a one home run difference in that one. Um, you know, game two, the Astros were basically up five nothing, five one, five two in that one. Last night, all Phillies. Tonight, all Astros. Yeah, so, it's kind of like jumping out in the beginning. Yeah, so it hasn't been very like you know suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope we, I, I pray we get that tomorrow, right? Game five, most important, uh, game of a game seven series, they say. Yeah. So I, I pray that we get it tomorrow night, especially in Philadelphia. You know, those fans will be rocking. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think what's really tough is nobody, nobody wants the Astros to win, but it's not like Philly's an easy team to root for. Oh, someone got on base. He got, well, walked. I guess they're, he no, got walked. I guess they haven't, you know. It's not a perfect game they're going after. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, they lost that a long time ago. Yeah, um, y- yeah it, it, it's a lot of early. Well, it, that's what's tough. Nobody's rooting for the Houston Astros. And Philly's not a super likable team. I mean, I love a lot of guys on that team. But Bryce Harper's tough on a lot of diehard baseball fans. If you're not a Philly fan, there's just something that, you know, or an early Nationals fan when he was there early, there's just something about him that you just kind of want to punch him in the face. You want to know my conflict, uh, my conflict with uh, Philadelphia Phillies? Please. Is that after my first MLB experience at Camden Yards, seeing my Orioles play, the second MLB game I ever saw was at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Just, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You've talked about this. Yeah, just a couple weeks after that. And, um, you know, that was, it was a great experience being there. And uh, they hold a special place in my heart for that. But also, I know a good chunk of those Philadelphia Philly fans are also Philadelphia Eagles fans. Oh, yes. And I just, I am, I, again, it's it's a tough conflict. Yeah. Because I like rooting for the Phillies. I'm like, yeah, man, I remember going to a Phillies game. I was in uh, fourth grade, old veteran stadium. Like, I, I still remember standing and looking up and seeing the bowl, the, the circle of the stadium, you know. But again, I know on Sunday, these same fans are going to be cheering for the Eagles. And I just can't, I, I just can't live with that. <laughs> I just can't. It's tough, you know, but they didn't cheat, so. Yeah, that's a big. Plus. They might have thrown some D cell batteries uh, covered in snowballs or whatever at Santa Claus, but other than that, you know, they didn't cheat. <laughs> the Santa Claus is so brutal. <laughs> All right, when we come back, I do want to get into. I want to talk a little man, a little managerial stuff, and I also want to um, again lament about something I've been complaining about forever. Uh, but you know, maybe my tide is shifting, as I've been alluding to over the last I don't know one or two years. So we'll get to all that next. There's a lot to get to. This game is over. I'll save the drama for Joe's update. And speaking of that, there he is with sports. The Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. 836 here, game four of the World Series is a wrap. Astros throw a combined no-hitter in the World Series. They were showing highlights of uh, the late, great Doc Holliday in 2010. He threw threw a no-no in the NLDS against Cincinnati. Not quite the World Series. Joe, do you know the last time a no-hitter was thrown in a World Series? Last time, no-hitter World Series. 
You know, great question, Patrick. And those kind of questions are what make America great. Uh, you know, it makes me think about all the great baseball games I've been to as a kid. You like my political season filibustering right yeah, there? Yeah, you're, you're doing great. I've been trying it out lately. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it's actually only happened once before, and it was a perfect game by Don Larson of the Yankees. Uh, in, in the 90s? In the way back playback. Like 70s? Like the 50s. The probably. 60s? The 50s? 50s, yeah. I always course. think it's the 61 World Series, but I think it's in the 50s. Listen, my World Series and baseball memory essentially begins in like 99, 2000. <laughs> Whenever Sosa and McGuire just started jacking home runs is when things kind of started. That's where I start. Yeah. Again, 90 home run chase, post home run chase. Yeah, again, 90s baby. Here. That's our ADBC right there. But it, it did make me think, now that uh, I'm thinking of, you know, past World Series and my time, uh, timeline, um, if the Phillies pull this off, is this like the biggest upset in a World Series since what? Like uh, Angels, uh, Giants? That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. You I mean, might... I guess we'd have to pull up each one, but it's hard to think of. Yeah, when you're talking World Series, yeah, that might be it because you can't always factor in how they got there because, you know, the Red Sox beat the Yankees down 3-0 in 2004. But they were clearly the favorite in that World Series against St. Louis, right? Um, I, I, I want all those Giants World Series. I mean, they might not have been the favorites in them, but they weren't overwhelming dogs. Yeah, see, I'm just um... Royals, Mets, Cubs, Indians. Those teams were pretty even. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that Angels team in 2002 is really good, but Bonds was out of his mind. Maybe the Diamondbacks over the Yankees in 2001. Oh uh, yeah. But I mean maybe the Marlins in 90, Angels, maybe the Marlins in 97 Angels, over the Indians. Giants 03, right? It's 02. 02. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was some sort of archive, some sort of uh some sort of reference for baseball. Yes. yes. Well, I've got it right here. I mean, I know all the World Series since I think I can go 91 to No, now. what I want to know is if there's some sort of Vegas archive that has the pre-World oh, Series oh. odds every year. I mean, I think this one has to be this one has to be giant. I mean, the Phillies were the lowest seed in the National League, the last team to get in. Um they're the last team to get in. They're also I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I mean, the Astros have been dominant. They're the one seed. They had that you know, they hadn't lost a game in the playoffs until game 1 of the World Series, best record in baseball, or sorry, best record in the American League because I believe the Dodgers had the best. I mean, this has to be one of the larger, if the Phillies were to win, this has to be one of the bigger upsets you ever thought of. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I don't know, maybe Marlins in 2003 over the Yankees too. I mean, there's that as well. Yeah, that Marlins, Yankees, and then Angels, Giants. Because I feel like the parody has gotten... So close over the years. Boy, and what? then the only, like, w when the great teams have made it, I feel like another great team is right there with it. Like when we had Dodgers-Astros a few years ago, um, Cubs-Cleveland, you know? Yeah, I feel like all those were kind of, like, evenly matched up. Exactly. Exactly. You know? um, yeah, it's interesting. Although, this just got me thinking. Like, the World Series in 2001, 2002, and 2003, what a wild ride. In 2001, you have the Yankees against the Diamondbacks. Against the who? 
The Yankees had won three World Series in a row. They were in the World Series for the fourth time in a row. For the fifth time in six years, they had won four titles in five years. And some team you had never heard of, that was an expansion team, came in and beat them in Game 7 in one of the most wild series I've ever seen. The next year, you have Bonds roided out of his brain, (laughs) doing insane stuff we've never seen, walks into the World Series. They lost that World Series, and I still think Bonds should have been the MVP. A losing team gets an MVP. And the Angels win in seven. The next year, you got the Marlins. Again, who? That team that scraped together a 97 World Series win? They beat the Yankees who just got Alex Rodriguez. That's a wild time to think. That's like that's like some serious heyday of my life in baseball. And 2004, the Red Sox win for the first time since 1918. And then 2005 is the worst World Series I ever watched. Uh, maybe the second worst. 2005, remind me. White Sox over Astros. Ah, yeah, I remember not watching. One of that. those games. <laughs> one of those games went to like 17 innings, but the White Sox took them to the woodshed. I remember uh, that series, but I remember that I did not care at that age uh, about the Astros and the White Sox. Yeah, you're kind of like who? And I was a Cleveland fan then, so I'm like the White Sox. Screw those guys, man. But Houston had Pettit and Clemens and Oswald, and I was like. Screw those guys, too. I wish there was some sort of gambling archive where I could look at that. Gosh, there's got to be. In this day and age in the Internet, there's got to be something where I can say, hey, what were the World Series odds every year at the beginning of the World Series? Because I want to find out how big of a dog the Phillies were compared. I need data, Patrick. I can't just go on this whole, yeah, I test, yeah, these two teams, these two. I need to know. Sure, sure. But, I mean, like, think about this. Can you... Can you go back and look at what the odds were for Georgia, Oregon week one? That's not an article written about it. You know what I mean? Like you can find an article that's like Georgia beats Oregon by a billion to zero and they covered the spread. They were favored and blah, 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 blah. And that's the article. I'm not taking shots. I just mean like I'm using that as an example. Like can you find what the Vegas spread was even seven weeks ago? Yeah, I'm sure. Without finding an article post-game or pre-game? I'm sure you can. VegasInsider.com's always been good to me for that. Um, you know what I found out the other day about that game? I hate to go off tangent. No, but, you're fine. Go off tangent. Uh, the dogs basically got 10 points for that game being in Georgia. They neutral, were, neutral side, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever. But anyways, I mean, Philly, they – gosh, tomorrow is going to be huge. I, I need to be, make sure I'm watching that tomorrow. Sorry, Joey. You're uh, not getting uh, much attention from me. This is uh, what are you hot- watching tomorrow? What's going on tomorrow? High stakes baseball game oh. five. I just sorry. I, my, thought, I thought you were alluding to the Ducks playing on Thursday night football. No, no. Sorry, my my brain totally switched back into baseball mode, and uh, I was looking at the screen with Justin Verlander, and I was like, oh man, all right, tomorrow tomorrow's such high stakes, man. I know. I'm a little surprised that Syndergaard's going to go tomorrow because I really thought they would put Zach Wheeler in there because he pitched game two. And if you got a day, a free day of rest you didn't expect and you throw Nola tonight, why wouldn't you throw Wheeler tomorrow? Yeah, you've got to be crapping your pants if you're a Philly fan right now, if you got Syndergaard going out there. Yeah, that's probably the truth. Dude, add to the drama. Come on, Rob Thomas. Last, ta- last minute, say that, yeah, Wheeler's starting or something. Like tomorrow <laughs> at like 1 o'clock or something. Like we got him th- going out on the Just mountain. throw a giant kink in it. Yeah, come on, <laughs> add to it. 
That's what they, that's what they'll talk about in the documentaries 10, 15 years from now. That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, if you are a Phillies fan, you might be a little concerned after tonight. However, there is one spark of hope, and it is finally paying off for you. This one-man wrecking crew is doing his absolutely best to show the good faith, show why he's here, and why he could potentially be the World Series MVP. And I want to talk about that next. This is the Hot Corner, Joe Fisher and Patrick Harris edition on 1080 The Fame. here coming up in the second hour we'll have fair or foul at the bottom of the hour and joe might joe and i might have a little fun and dance around there's a lot of sports going on right now i know the world series is on and 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 we are and we are baseball people but there is a lot of sports stuff going on right now the nfl is an absolute s show in maybe the best way i've ever seen it uh the nba is an absolute s show and uh what are you talking about i only watch things that happen on the court the absolute worst way (laughs) the absolute worst way that it could be yeah so we might have a little fun in the in in the second hour but we'll do fair or foul at at the bottom of the hour uh but i i want to i want to Hit this. I mean, if if you've been a fan of this show, and I feel like every time I talk about this, I I always say this. If you've been a fan of this show, you know that there is a player that I dislike. There's a player that I have disliked for a very, very long time. It reminds me of being a kid. When I was a kid, I hated Derek Jeter, the captain of the Yankees, always winning World Series. This guy who I thought was pretty good, but not amazing. And I used to just bang on him. I was a big A-Rod kid. I loved Nomar. I thought Tejada was underrated until I found out he was on the juice. Uh, and, and, and so I like used so much effort and energy to hate this guy. Then I got to the point probably around like 2006, 2007, I was like, dude, why are you hating this guy? Just let it go. Like, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Everything's fine. Just You don't have to like him, but just it, – it, it's like – I drive to work every morning. I get a 30-minute commute, and I, and I leave my house, like, right before 6.30. And you see people at 6.30 in the morning, like, if I stop to get gas or if I'm on the road, you see people that are just angry. I'm like, it is way too early to be this upset. And then uh, you say, hey, man, cheer up. It's all good. And then they assault you on the side of the freeway. <laughs> yeah, and they turn out to be the mayor of a small town. Um, and then I... Yet, but then this guy shows up that I feel like I don't spend a ton of effort to hate him, but there's just something about him that drives me nuts, and that is Bryce Harper. And I've been very, very tough on this guy. I don't mean to be all Colin Cowherd where I'm just going to bang on Russell Westbrook every single day, every single show. But I've been pretty. But t- I am going to bang on Bryce Harper. <laughs> but I'm going to bang on show. Bryce Harper. But I'm actually not going to bang on Bryce Harper. I have, I have learned as an adult. To just be honest and state some facts and state some some real things that you can see that aren't just hot takes. And I've been very critical of Bryce as a leader. I've been critical of him as in his loyalty. He he leaves Washington. They win a World Series the next year. I'm like, oh, I wonder why. This I said this at the beginning of this year when Voldemort was on this show. I said. 
I don't know. I really don't like this guy, but I'm really coming around to him as a baseball player. I picked him to be my my MVP of the season. Now he got hurt, but he sure looked like the MVP before he got hurt. And here we are in the World Series. And when you see Bryce Harper on television, you see a guy that is focused, that is locked in, that is playing smart baseball, and clearly, I don't think there is a single player on the field that cares more about winning this World Series than Bryce Harper. And that includes Yuri Gurriel, Jose Altuve, and Alex Bregman, who want this World Series because they think somehow it's going to redeem them from being cheaters. Nobody's going to forget that. You guys are cheaters. I think Bryce cares more than anybody else. I have to agree with you because um, I was watching the game, the pregame, actually, to the game one or game two the other night, and they had an interview with Bryce Harper, and he was talking about how much he loved playing in Philadelphia and how much he wanted to win for the city and just all the reasons why he and just couldn't you could see in his eyes he was starting to tear up and he was getting choked up about just talking about the city and he said all and he said all that when he signed but we were like well yeah the 340 million dollars doesn't hurt either but he's still saying it he clearly again he loves where he is at the city and everything he's doing it for and it's showing him his performance, right? He's stepping up to the plate literally and figuratively. No pun intended there. And, I mean, after a while, I think I, I said this last week or the week before, kind of my Spurs analogy is, man, I hated the Spurs forever. I couldn't stand them. Um, they weren't so much douchey as that. They just always won. Yeah, you kind of wanted so to punch. Good. You kind of wanted to punch Ginobili in the face <laughs> a little bit. Little but you bit. had respect for Tony Parker at the time because you didn't realize he was a little bit of a scumbag. But then, and you, no one bashes the fundamental. But then you just see how good they are and how different they are from everybody else, and how much they want it, and how they do it the right way. And you know, Bryce Harper, he's he's a stud, man. He's been in this league a long time, and he had a lot of expectations put onto him uh, right when he got into the league before he got in. To the Sixteen league. years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, still to this day, he's delivering at, at the biggest stage. So, I, you know, I get it, man. But I think uh, as time has gone on, he's matured, and I think it's kind of been easier to root for him. Yeah, out, outside of, you know, the, the players you like on your own team and then outside of players around baseball that you can't help but root for, guys like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, you know, Ron, and then you got the, the influx of the young kids like, a flashy Ronald Acuna Jr., however you feel about Tatis and stuff like that, Vladdy Jr. And that you got guys that you don't root for, but they're fun to watch. Like, we're, we got this Blazer game on right now. I'm a Blazer fan. I'm not a Memphis fan. But, boy, Ja Morant is worth the price of admission. Like, that guy is fun to watch. And you see that in baseball. When Bryce got to Philly and they started spending a bunch of money, you know, JT Realmuto, you know, they got these young arms coming up. And they look so good on paper, yet they can't put it together, and you don't understand why. For me, it was easy to just blame Bryce. It's like, this guy makes too much money. He looks like a jerk in the, in the, in the locker room. He's probably a bad leader. It's Bryce's fault. It's not Joe Girardi's fault. It's nobody else's fault. It's Bryce's fault. Yet here we are on the biggest stage as as Keith Jackson, the most, the most loved and revered Coog alumni of all time. You know, this is the granddaddy of them all. And Bryce has shown up. And it's impressive. And, and I hope for his sake 
And I hope for baseball's sake that even if the Phillies lose, Bryce doesn't taper off. I I hope not either. If I this thing not. goes seven and the Astros blow them out in game seven and it's 6-1, I hope that one by Philly is a Bryce Harper home run. I am now a Bryce Harper. I'm not a fan, but I'm going to root for him because I think he's good for this game right now. He looks great. He looks fantastic. Well, and just to go from Bryce Harper to the Phillies team in general, but nothing drives me crazier, and guess what happened tonight, is a team that doesn't get their bat in the ball in the playoffs or in the World Series. It's your job. I know that it's, again, you fail more than uh, you succeed in hitting the ball in uh, baseball, but dear God, your one job is to get the bat on the ball and get it in play and drive in runs, and the, nobody on the team can do that once tonight. If Bryce, yeah, tapers off after night, doesn't show up tomorrow, and then doesn't show up for game six, ugh, that, that it just it will kill me to see that. And again, just, it, will ruin, just, it will ruin everything he did in yes, games one, and two, and three. Again, the Phillies, too, if they don't show up tonight and they don't show up tomorrow, it's just like, and they just go and, let's say, the, including tonight, the last three games of the series, they go and score like one or two runs with like six, seven hits. Like, boy, I'm talking about just a colossal failure to capitalize on a 2-1 lead. It, again, there's the momentum is now in Astros' favor, mm-hmm. and if it goes the other way, it'll just be such a lost opportunity. That's the truth. All right, when we come back, we got a loaded second hour. We'll do fair or foul at the bottom of the hour. I do want to talk a little bit about managers uh, and how and how these this manager matchup has gone so far because we got we got the lead singer of Matchbox Twenty versus a guy that's choked all the time and and I think there is I think there is a clear separation between the two after we've seen four games so we'll do all that next don't go anywhere this is the hot corner on ten eighty the fan tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening oh 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 o'reilly Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.